today I want to talk to you about limitless God, limitless ways he's going to come through and he comes through in our lives. How many of you believe in God for a miracle of some sort in your life? Would you raise your hand at this point? I really feel in my heart that God is going to overwhelmingly build your faith today and make hope rise. How many of you excited about that? Absolutely. I felt the charge of the Lord to give you so many scriptural stories and testimonies because faith comes by hearing and hearing that word of God, that faith would just soar in your heart today. And I really also believe God doesn't just do this uh, for a Sunday or for a service, but it's because he's equipping you to push you over into the breakthrough that you've been believing and waiting for. So God isn't just doing this to fill time. Can I get an amen on that? If he's encouraging us to speak this word that he has limitless ways to bring about what it is you've been praying for, he's trying to get your mind and your heart to a place that he can bring that breakthrough in. But we could be limiting him because we're expecting it to come a specific way. And God is saying, let me be the God of this situation. Let me bring the solutions in my way. And so today I wanna expand your faith and I want you to start asking questions in your life as you go through stuff. Because here's the thing, once you go through one you know, mountain or one giant, typically there's more to come. And that's not a negative confession. It's just on this side of eternity, there is opposition, there is challenge, there is trouble. But you do not walk this life alone. You are filled with the Holy Spirit of God. He's given you the Word of God. You are empowered to bring breakthrough, not even just for your own life, but you're going to show your kids and your grandkids and those around you how to lay hold of heaven and see God's solutions come through. Amen. I love that. And so I want you to start asking yourself this question. When you see a mountain or you see a giant, I wonder how you're going to come through this time, God. Wouldn't that be a better way? Rather than saying, God, are you going to come through? What if we started saying, all right, God, how are you going to do it this time? Because the last time you did it in a way I never could have imagined. And so, Lord, I'm not going to worry about how. I'm just going to give you the need. I'm going to give you the trouble. I'm going to cast my care on you. And I'm going to start being excited to look for how are you going to bring breakthrough this time. Wouldn't that be a better way to wait on God? Amen? God, I may not know how you're going to do it, but I trust you that you're going to do what you said. Here's some scripture, and I give you all my notes in your app if you want to look there later. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20 from the Berean Bible says this, Now to him who is able, how many of you know God is able? To do infinitely more than we all ask, think, or imagine. He's able to do infinitely more. Say infinitely. So he doesn't just do what you think he should do. He can do infinitely more. There's more ways, more possibilities he is God, more, infinitely more than we could ask, think, or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. The book of Zephaniah 3.17 from the Berean Bible says it this way, the Lord your God is among you. He's not just the God in heaven, he is among you, he's among us. And he is mighty to save. Say mighty, to save. That's the word of the Lord for us this morning. The Lord God is among you and he is mighty to save. He is strong enough. He, we, he will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you with his love. That's my prayer this morning. Whatever you're facing, whatever battle or journey, that he will quiet you with his love. He will rejoice over you with singing. But the Lord our God is mighty to save. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9. 
No eye has seen and no ear has heard and no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. You know, we didn't see the gospel message coming, did we? And if we would have, the kings of this world, the enemy himself would have tried to stop it. But even if they would have seen it coming, they wouldn't have been able to stop it. But we, would, we were not able to conceive God coming as a baby and then growing up in a full mature human being, dying on a cross, and that's the way God was going to save us from our sin. That was the way God was going to fix the fall. We wouldn't have imagined that. We couldn't have conceived that. But how many of you know now that was the best way? Somebody get excited about that gospel story. There was this, our sin we could not pay, so God came personally and died in our place, shed his blood for our sin, and offer it to us as a free gift of grace to us. I just want you to bring that whole message into this reality that we had a problem. There was a giant facing us. There was a need in front of us, and we could not have conceived or perceived God's plan or how far God would go or what he would do for those he loves. Amen. He didn't send some angel. He didn't send someone else. He came personally. I want you to see this story in your spirit today, this message, that gospel message, and that same God who loved you enough to solve that problem is the same God who's not just going to take care of your sin. He's going to take care of you. And he's going to have ways and strategy and plan and personal connection to you because he loves you. He's not going to leave you or forsake you. He's among you and he's mighty to save. I want to bring you through a bunch of stories today and talk to you about how God is limitless. But I felt compelled to the Lord to remind you this morning that in your Bible, these stories are real people. Sometimes we put it into the category of a flannel graph. How many of you were raised on flannel graphs as a kid in Sunday school class? I was remembering Sunday school class this morning and that happy feeling when my parents would bring me to church and I would get my vanilla wafer and my orange drink. I don't even know what was in that orange drink. It kind of burned going down. I just feel the members of the Holy Spirit doing a work in me. But I remember my stories, my Bible stories with a flannel graph. And then we upgraded to videos and we had Superbook cartoons and we had Veggie Tales and all these things. But sometimes we leave those stories into a story rather than the real life testimony of human beings just like you and just like me. Please do not think that because they're captured in the word of God that, that makes them fictional. They are not fictional. This is God's history, our history, human beings just like me. There's, there's wealthy individuals, there's poor individuals, there's widows, there's families, there's people of great influence and power and people who were non-influential and God meets their needs. God shows up in amazing ways. And so this morning I want you to see this as people facing problems just like you and the same God, the same God being for you that was for them and then covenanting himself to be a promise keeping God for you as he was for them. God is not limited. You'll see it again and again in scripture. He's not limited by time. Write that in your notes. God is not limited by time. He lives outside the timeline. He makes a promise and he sees it's already fulfilled. So God, even to Israel, we talked about it last week in communion, made a promise to give them their land. And he said, this promise is to a thousand generations. 
God, when he makes a promise, it, you don't look at the timeline and see whether or not he's gonna be faithful to that promise. You look at God. And whether that promise takes a year, two years, three years, God has not forgotten. And he's not a man that he should lie. I wanna remind you today that what God promised you, even if you feel like it's been a long time, he is not slow in keeping his promises. That he has a perfect time, he has a perfect plan, and he will do what he said. Amen. Time does not limit him. He is not within our timeline. I want you to see that. We look at it like, God, you promised, and it's been a year. God looks at it from a whole, and God says, I promise you, I have already done it. It's finished. If I've spoken it, it is done. Somebody get excited about that. God is not limited by your timeline. God is not limited by your age. Write that in your notes. God is not limited by your age. He will use you when you're very young, and he'll use you when you are not as young. Come on. God is not limited by your age. You might sit there and say, God, if only I was younger. Well, let's bring up Abraham and Sarah. Abraham is over 100. God had promised him a son. God had promised him an heir. Remember, he's not moved by time. Abraham was getting a little antsy on the time thing and he ended up producing an Ishmael. I'm telling you, God is not moved by time. He knows what he said. He hasn't forgotten what he said. You don't have to help him out and create an Ishmael, right? But I want you to hear this morning that God wasn't worried about how old Abraham was getting. God was not worried about how old Sarah was becoming. She is far past her you know, years of childbearing. That doesn't matter to God. As if God doesn't know that, we had to make him aware. Like God comes to Abraham and says, your wife is gonna conceive, and he looks at her and says, God, she's old. And God's like, oh. Didn't notice. She looks a lot younger than I thought. I wouldn't have made the promise if I would have known how old she was. He knows how old she was. But he knows how to bring his promise no matter how old we are. I don't want to reawaken some of us who, who kind of throw off the call of God on our lives thinking that it was when you were in your 30s that God was going to use you or was in your 40s or, or man, you look back on some season of your past and say, man, it was great to be used by God in that moment. I'm trying to reawaken you this morning. If you have breath in your lungs, there is a calling, there is a purpose, there is an anointing upon your life. The oil on the inside of you does not have an expiration date. You are as fresh as the Holy Spirit that is on the inside of you. It is him doing the work through you, speaking the words through you. Are you hearing me, church? God is not limited by your age. He's also not limited by you being too young. God chose to use young, young people all throughout Scripture. One of the ones that comes to mind is Timothy in the New Testament, where God was trying to encourage Timothy to be a leader in the early church. And he said, don't let people look down on you because of your youth. There are going to be people who look at you and think you're too young. You don't know what you're talking about. You, you don't have the years of history or influence or maturity to do this. But Timothy's in the room. God has called you. And if God has called you, then trust the call of God upon you. Even if you are young. I remember, go ahead, you can celebrate that. I remember in our first church, I started it when we were like 27, I was 27 years old. I had people come up to me and they would pinch my cheeks 
And inside, I'm like, what are you doing? But I'm a pastor now. On the outside, I'm like, they would pinch my cheeks. And like, oh, you're so cute. Like, I'm trying to be man of God. I'm trying to be a leader. And they're like, you're so cute. I have socks older than you. What am I supposed to say to that? That doesn't bless me at all. Well, I'm so glad. Time to get some new socks. Cheapskate? Yeah, the same socks for 27 years? Is that what you're trying to say? I could have said that, but I didn't. I saved it for you. Now it's far removed. They don't know, right? I saved that little cherry for you. God is not limited by your age. God is not limited by many enemies or too few soldiers. Are you hearing me, church? You can't look at it and say, but God, there's so many enemies around me. God is not limited by how many enemies may surround you. Or you might say, God, we don't have enough workers. We don't have enough volunteers. We don't have enough soldiers. And God is saying, I am not limited by how many are against you or how many are with you. Because if God is for me, it doesn't matter who's against me. Come on now, church. If God be for me, then it doesn't matter who's against me. There's going to be many times in this life that you feel overwhelmed and surrounded by more than what you believe you have capacity for. And so many times when we're facing battles and, and challenges, we feel very alone and we might only have one or two people that are like, I'm with you. And you're like, I really wish I had a thousand people behind me right now. But you know, God wants your confidence in him. God wants your confidence in what he has spoken. God wants you to know that the God on the inside of you, the Holy Spirit on the inside of you is the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And though you may be surrounded by enemies, in the unseen realm, you are well more covered and surrounded by the armies of heaven than you are by those enemies that you see standing in front of you today. God is not limited by too many enemies or too few soldiers. There's a scripture in 1 Samuel chapter 14. Write it down. 1 Samuel chapter 14, it's in the Old Testament. It's about Jonathan. Say Jonathan. Jonathan was the son of King Saul. He was the first king of Israel. And in this story, uh, Israel was surrounded by the enemy armies. I believe it was the Philistines. And they were being besieged and everyone was kind of losing faith. And Jonathan, by himself, which is him and his armor bearer, they're like, we are tired of sitting around waiting for the enemy to destroy our, our nation. So then Jonathan's like, hey, you want to go up and fight them all? Like, <laughs> so, I love Jonathan. Jonathan was like David's best friend. This is great. And here's the other thing about Jonathan. If you don't know this story. Jonathan probably should have been, or legally, historically, would have been the next in line to be the king, right? After his father, Saul. But God had chosen David. And Jonathan saw that, saw that God had chosen David and was willing to submit to God's plan for David to become king instead of himself. That's a pretty big deal in humility, right? And you don't think Jonathan was a softy. Jonathan was a warrior because he's the one, when everyone else is over here shaking in their boots, Jonathan's like, hey, you, me, armor bearer, we're going to go take on the army since no one else is willing. Jonathan is strong, courageous. Isn't that awesome? But I want you to hear this story in 1 Samuel chapter 14. Jonathan, remember, God can deliver with many or with few. Jonathan said, let's approach the enemy, and if they call us and say, come on up to us, then we know God is with us. And we'll, God has solved this, conquered this battle, gone before us. If they say, then we'll come down to you and meet you, 
then we'll kind of skedaddle back to the armies. And they did. They said, come on up. And so Jonathan looked at his armor bearer and said, let's do it. And they just literally, two of them jumped into the battle and they, just, they killed 20 individuals like that. It created panic throughout the whole you know, Philistine army and it just began to spiral into a great victory for Israel that day. But you see this, that it wasn't about a large group of people. It was about two individuals that said, if God be for us, doesn't matter how many of them there are, we're gonna go take on that army. That spirit is in our lineage, in our heritage, it's in you. Amen. You are, wanna be a world changer, you wanna be an overcomer and a conqueror. Stop looking at the amount of enemies surrounding you and start remembering the God that is for you. There is a God in Israel, there is a God in this church, there is a God in your home and in your life. He has not abandoned you. You are a majority with God. But when you start looking at all the adversaries, you forget who's with you. Get your eyes off of who isn't with you. And look at who is with you. Somebody get excited. God is not limited, limitless God. God is not limited by the doubters and the haters that surround you either. Come on. People are gonna hate, 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 hate. It doesn't matter because it doesn't stop God. There are people who are gonna speak against the dream that God gave you. They're gonna speak against the vision God spoke over your life. They're gonna doubt it. They're gonna give you 10 reasons why it's not a good idea. But again, if God spoke it, that's all that matters. You don't need a majority of people. And so many times you hear something from God and one of the scariest things you can do is go share that dream or vision with too many people. Sometimes you have to hold that word in your heart between you and God. But here's what's happening. We're waiting for other people to give us the confirmation. You only need two or three witnesses and let one be God, amen? And you could be the second. Maybe one other individual might say, yeah, that's from the Lord, but it doesn't matter when other people doubt or hate on what God has spoken over your life. It doesn't stop God. Sometimes we forget that Jesus, when he raised Lazarus from the dead, did it right in front of a bunch of haters and doubters. We have this story where Jesus removes all the mourners from a little girl who passes away. Do you remember this story? And he removes all the mourners out of the room and he raises this little girl up. But too many times we create a theology out of that. Like Jesus had to get rid of all the doubters in the room so he could raise that little girl up. And we forget the balancing story of Lazarus where right in front of all the Pharisees, all the mourners, all those who were grieving and even angry at Jesus for being late. In front of all the doubters, he raised up Lazarus. You understand what I'm saying? Don't put God in a box. Oh, we've got to get all the doubt out of the room for God to move. No, God's going to move. Amen. You may be the only one in the room and you believe God in the face of the doubt, in the face of the hate, and you stand for what God has spoken. Come on, church. If we believe that we have to have the majority of faith in that room for God to move, we're gonna, we're gonna put ourselves in an unbalanced situation and we're gonna put too many limits on a limitless God. God in the face of adversity, in the face of negativity, in the face of the doubters brought Lazarus. And I love it because he said, the Bible says he called Lazarus with a loud voice. You know, he didn't need to shout at Lazarus. Lazarus was dead. Some of you got that. 
whether he shouted or said it softly, it wasn't for Lazarus' benefit. Are you hearing me? He shouted, I believe, because he was shouting at the doubters. He was shouting at the fear. He was shouting at all that spiritual dynamic around him. And he said with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. Right in the face of all that doubt. Right in the face of all that fear and negativity. Amen. God is not limited by your past. God is not limited by your past. Look at Paul, the apostle. Paul, the apostle, was a murderer of Christians, hostile towards the things of God. He broke up families. He arrested moms and dads, tore families apart. He was hunting believers. And yet God saved him and turned him into the greatest apostle of faith and grace that the world had ever known. Your past doesn't limit God. That's pretty awesome. Think about the man with 2,000 demons the Bible tells us about. Jesus delivers him of 2,000 demons and he becomes a great evangelist and goes and reaches the Decapolis, an area of 10 cities. Well, this man was filled with demons and God could take him and make him a great light. When he lived in such darkness, look at the contrast to who God made him and to be a great light. Or look at Rahab who was a prostitute in the Old Testament. Now God brought her out of that lifestyle and brought her into a solid family because through her family line comes Jesus. Come on now, church. God is not limited by your past. Say, God, I was too far gone. God, I did such terrible things. And God is not limited by those stories. Matter of fact, he can make something beautiful out of those ashes. But may we stop limiting God from our past. He is limitless. Amen. There is no need and no crisis that can limit God. There is no need and no crisis that can limit God. I felt that I was supposed to share with you just some crisis and some needs throughout the Old Testament where God had creative ways, that's why I said limitless ways, infinitely beyond what you could have asked, thought, or imagined ways to bring breakthrough out of any crisis or any need. Are you ready for a few more stories? Can I give you a few more stories today? Amen. Get excited about it a little bit, would you? Get excited about some of these stories this morning. These are real people. These are real people just like you, just like me. So here, facing the Red Sea. Have you ever felt like you were facing a Red Sea before? You come out of one problem to face another, and the Red Sea was God bringing his children out of Israel or out of Egypt through Moses' leadership. They're camped out by the Red Sea, and all of a sudden Pharaoh and his armies, they change their mind and say, we gotta go get the, the Hebrews back to be slaves again. And it seems like God pins them in to a situation that is impossible. You know, there's times where you'll obey God and you feel like he's kind of trapped you in an impossible situation. That's not because he doesn't love you, by the way. It's because he's about to do something that you're gonna be telling your grandkids about, right? It's gonna be a testimony that's gonna anchor your entire family, okay? And so they're facing a Red Sea situation. Now here's what I could have imagined or thought. I could have imagined or thought that God would have brought us around the water another way. I could have imagined maybe God giving us some sort of a military strategy to defend ourselves against Egypt. But what I couldn't have imagined was that he was going to part the water 
for us to walk through it as on dry ground. Why do I bring that up? Because I can't tell you how this impossible situation you're facing is going to be resolved. I can only tell you that God has limitless ways of bringing you through it to the other side. Somebody believe God on this. Somebody believe God on this. They did not imagine, no one could have imagined that God's plan was to bring them through it. God, stop the opposing army. God, give us strategy. God, give us a way around it. And God says, no, I got a better plan. I'm gonna bring you through it. And I'm gonna hold the water back. I'll dry out the ground. And then I'll sweep away your enemy behind you. Limitless God, limitless ways. We could not have thought or imagined that solution, but that's how we did it. And possibly that's how God will do it for you. That's in Exodus 14, by the way. Exodus chapter 16 the, uh, the nation of Israel is now out in the wilderness, just a couple of chapters later, and they're hungry. And how many of you know when, when, when Christians get hungry, we get hangry? <laughs> Come on now, when you go to lunch after church, you need to make sure you're not manifesting anything but Jesus, because you're hungry. Doesn't give you permission to be rude or snippy, but you know what I'm saying, hungry believers, dangerous. And this nation of Israel, they were out in the middle of the wilderness. They didn't know what they were going to eat. And they're like, did God bring us out of Egypt only to starve in the desert? Isn't it so easy that we forget how God brought us through the last problem? And we think, how can God or why would God or is God going to bring us through this? Remember what I said in the very beginning of this. What if we started changing our mindset of, is God really going to help to, I wonder how God's going to help today. Because I've seen him do it here, and I've seen it do him there. And God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And if he did it then, he's going to do it again. Are you hearing me, church? And so they're out there in the middle of the wilderness, and there's, there's, no, there's no grocery store out there. There's no Publix in the wilderness. There's no Piggly Wiggly. So here's what God does. He says, I'm going to bring you meat and I'm going to bring you bread in the middle of the wilderness. You know, maybe in this moment, I could have imagined or thought that God somehow would have made our food we brought with us last or multiply. Maybe that hadn't happened yet. It happened later on in the Bible. But maybe there's another way that God could have provided. Maybe we would have, you know, gone by a nation that they would have been able to partner with and get food. And God says, no, no, no. You're right here in the middle of the desert how are you going to do it, God? How are you going to feed millions of people? How is this possible? And God says, I'm going to bring it to you. And that night, quail comes sweeping in and filling the air around them. The Bible says it's like waist deep of quail. And it came to them. Are you hearing this? And then in the morning, God brings manna, which is bread from heaven, like wafery, honey, flaky bread from heaven. Matter of fact, the word manna even means like, what is this? Like, what is it? I want you to see this because they could not have imagined how God was going to bring the provision. And I can give you so many scriptures on how God brought food. God brings provision. God brings finance in the middle of wilderness, in the middle of the impossible situation. 
So many, but this is the one I wanted to share with you today. They're in the middle of the desert. There's no way to feed all of these individuals. There's no way to feed your family right now. There's no way to pay the bill right now. There's no way to have enough substance. We're going to starve. We're going to go bankrupt. We're going to fail. And God says, trust me. I have a way. I have a plan that no one has thought, heard, or imagined. No one would have thought about birds or quail coming to be eaten. Like, eat me, like I'm here, I'm fighting around. It's like Kentucky Fried Chicken. It was like the Uber of bringing Popeyes or Kentucky Fried Chicken to them. Before it ever happened, God thought of it first. Amen. And then he creates a bread that isn't even from this earth. Come on, picture this. It wasn't even, quail comes from the earth. Manna came from heaven and he fed them from his own resource. Are you hearing this, church? I don't know how God is going to provide for you. All I can tell you is he's the same God, and he's a good God, and he's for you, and he's creative, and he's not limited by resources you can perceive, resources you can pull out of your memory banks. He will create something new if he has to. And let your life and testimony be the first. Let your life and testimony being the first. Facing starvation, Exodus 16. Genesis 26, in Genesis 26 we have Isaac, the story of Isaac, where God told him to stay in the land where there was a famine. Now again, what could I have perceived? Famine is coming to the land. I could have perceived or conceived that God was gonna take care of my family by moving us away from the famine. Are you seeing the assumptions? Are you seeing how our natural mind can create solutions? And God looks at him and says, no, I want you to stay in the middle of the famine. See, I have a plan. My plan is to run. God says, I'm gonna do a miracle with you in the middle of this. And he tells him to sow. Keep sowing seed in the middle of famine. Why would you sow seed in famine? Nothing is growing when you plant it in the ground. There's no rain. That's typically what causes famine. But the Bible says he sowed in the land of famine and in that same year he reaped a hundredfold. Limitless God. He is not limited by famine. God is not limited to the natural, social famines that are in our land. He will come to you give you the direction and agree and work with your faith and bring harvest no matter what the climate is in that season. He spoke to you and he said so. He spoke to him so in the land of famine and God brought great increase in the land of famine. You know, even in a time of famine, another solution we might think would be to hoard what we have, withhold what we have. But notice God's plan was no, Keep sowing, even though there's famine all around. Do you see what our logic would have brought us to? Move away from the famine or hoard everything. And God says, stay and sow. Completely opposite of how we would have responded. And yet God had a plan. God had a breakthrough. Facing a fiery furnace, Daniel chapter 3. Facing a fiery furnace, similarly to the Red Sea, you have Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. I could have foreseen God stopping the king from throwing these three 
prophets, these three Hebrews, into the furnace. But God had a different plan. And I want you to hear that this morning because sometimes when people come down here to the front and they get prayer, we not only want God to do a miracle, but we want him to do a miracle our way. And I'm telling you, there's a limitless God with limitless ways to accomplish his promise. And too many times we want God to stop us from going through the, the Red Sea or stop us from going into the fire. Are you hearing me, church? Does this speak to anybody today? I can foresee the king having a change of heart. God, change the king's heart. But the king didn't have a change of heart. Matter of fact, he got even more angry. But what I didn't foresee was I wouldn't have foreseen God being with me in the middle of the fire. I wouldn't have foreseen that the only thing to burn would have been the chains that the enemy put on me. And for being that the middle of the fire would be the greatest praise and worship service I'd ever experienced in my life. I wouldn't have seen any of that. And I wouldn't have seen that same angry king watch me go through the fire. And when I stepped through the other side of that fire, for that same king to get on his knees and call out to the living God because his heart had been changed. Why? Not because, not because God stopped the fire, but because he watched how God walked me through and didn't abandon me in and help me overcome the fire. That's powerful, man. Limitless God, limitless ways he has to take care of his people. Second Kings chapter six, facing financial loss. Here's a story that you might not be familiar with, but I believe this is for some of you in the room today because this might be out of your box. In this story in Second Kings chapter six, financial loss, there was a prophet. They were building a school and housing for prophets and he's cutting away at a tree. He's got an ax and he's cutting away at a tree and he throws the ax back one more time and the Bible says the ax head flew off. Hopefully, everyone like getting out of the way. It falls into the river and it goes bloop, 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 bloop. It's in your Bible. It goes bloop, 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 bloop. It's in the ancient texts. If you're writing that down, it's bloop, 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 bloop. And he looks at the prophet that's leading the, the build and he says, I borrowed that ax. Like that's a problem. Like I don't have the finances to pay for it. I'm in trouble. I lost the ax head. It's now unusable. And so again, what would we have done? The prophet could have looked at him and said, it's okay. God will provide money for the ax. Oh, someone will give you a new ax. You know what the prophet said? He said, let's go over to the river where you lost it. Right? And he throws something in the water, and the Bible says that God made the axe head float. Come back to the top. Okay? So he picked it up, put it back on his axe, and all good. Here's why that story is important for us today. I believe that there's certain individuals in this house that God can bring you new, right? He can do that. But I believe that there are some things that you lost in the past that God has a way of bringing it back. Sometimes God brings new, sometimes God pays for new, and sometimes God restores what the enemy stole, right? And I believe that this was a specific word for individuals in this room, whether it's an, an old friendship, whether it's finances, some, some investments that you lost, that God is about to breathe on and bring that ax head back up. 
but you don't have to look at it like, oh, it's lost forever. God has the ability and ways to make things float that shouldn't float anymore. Make things come back, right? Sometimes he does new, sometimes he brings in new, and sometimes he brings back. And I want you to see that story today because he's not limited, amen? amen? Facing genetic hindrances, John chapter nine, verse 32. Jesus heals a man that was born blind. I bring this to your attention because in this very chapter, when the blind man was healed, he was brought into trial and questioned uh, by the Jewish religious leaders. And he looked at them and he said, you know that no one in the history of the world has ever healed someone born blind. Which means there are moments where here comes the healer now. Here comes Jesus. See, we read these like just little Bible stories in the past. I'm telling you, he's a, he's a way maker. He's a promise keeper. Right? He creates new things that no one had ever seen. Now we've seen it in here, and that's where we draw faith from, but no one had ever been born blind, or no one had ever been healed who had been born blind. But in steps Jesus. A doctor may look at you and say, you have, you have a medical condition that there is no cure for. In steps Jesus. I just want us to take the limits off Jesus. I want us to take the limits off the healer. That in the history of the world, no one had ever healed anyone born blind. There's always a first. Come on, church. There's the first time in the Old Testament when the prophet prayed for a young man to come back to life. That was the first resurrection anyone had ever seen. The first person ever called back to life ever in the history of the world. In this situation, the first time anyone had blind eyes open. Whatever you may be facing, whatever other physical challenge or opposition you may be facing, and no one has ever seen a miracle for this situation. It doesn't matter because you are connected to the limitless God. Be it done unto you according to your faith. Amen. God will create new things, new solutions. You will be the first in your family line. You will be the first in that miracle and others will draw faith from that miracle coming to pass in your life. Amen. How will God come through for you? Write this down. Possibly like he did for someone else. It's important to know that. That's why we use the scriptures. How will God come through for me this time? Possibly he'll come through like he did for someone else. But he may create something totally new with you of which there are no patterns. Please write that in your notes. May we take the limits off God. Say, God, I thank you. You're going to supply my need. I thank you. You're faithful to do what you promised. And maybe you'll do it like you did for my grandmother. Maybe you'll do it like you did for that preacher who was saying those testimonies. Maybe you'll do it like I saw in, in the, on The Chosen, you know, in the shows on television. Or maybe he'll do it in a way that no eye has seen and no ear has heard and it's never entered into the heart of man. But he's going to do it for you. So you don't limit God. Receive hope today. Hebrews 11.1 1 from the Amplified Bible. Faith is the assurance, the title deed the confirmation of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. The Amplified goes on to say the conviction of their reality. Faith comprehends as fact what cannot be experienced by the physical senses. That's where I want our hearts to be today, that our faith would comprehend as fact what cannot currently be experienced by our physical senses. I can't see it with my eyes yet, but I can see it with my faith. I can't hear it in my ears yet, but I can hear it in my spirit. 
My faith inside comprehends it as fact that my God is faithful and my God has made a promise and my God will deliver and my God will provide. I don't have to see it yet to know him and to know that he is not limited by the enemies, not limited by the doubt, not limited by the environment. I see it as fact. What if I don't see or perceive a possible way, Pastor Kevin? Like in my mind, if, you're, if I'm honest with you, I have degrees, I'm a very logical person, and I cannot perceive any way that God can change or bring a breakthrough. The person is too hurt, I'm too far gone, I've done too much wrong, too much money is lost, my health is too far gone, I cannot perceive any possible way for God to come through. Hebrews chapter 11, verse three. By faith, we understand the entire universe was formed at God's command and that what we now see did not come from anything that can be seen. What does that mean? It means that when God chose to make the universe, he made it completely out of the unseen. That there's nothing that we can currently see that he used to make what we currently see. Do you understand that? We, by faith, understand that God knows how to bring something out of nothing. The entire universe was created when there was no substance to create the universe. Come on! Well, God used energy. Where did energy come from? From Him. God formed the dirt. Where did the dirt come from? From Him. Light came from Him. He made the sun, he made the moon, he made the stars. What I'm trying to say is God is not limited to using resources, materials, things that we can perceive, things that even exist. Our God from the beginning has created solutions from things that didn't exist. And he brought them into existence to create his purposes. And so even though you might not be able to see any way God sees so many ways to do what he has promised he would do. And so today I just wanna encourage you, I was meant to bring you hope and to bring you to that statement one more time, Isaiah 59.1, God's arm is not too short to save. God's arm is not too short to save. How is God gonna do this? I don't know. I don't have to know. I know in whom we put our faith. I know the one in who's made the promise and he is faithful to do what he promised. Can I pray this over your life right now? Would you just put your hand over your heart and let me just pray this into you. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word today. And we went through story after story after story that you are not limited. You're not limited by what we can see, what we can understand. You are a limitless God. But Lord, you've made some promises into our lives. There are some things that we are believing for. There are some enemies we're facing. There are some mountains that we're facing. There's some giants we're facing. And God, today I ask for hope to fill their hearts. I ask for faith to rise as we've gone through scripture after scripture of how you've done things that are beyond we could ask, think, or imagine. I pray they walk out of here with hope. They walk out of here expecting, looking, waiting intently on your breakthrough on your promise to come to pass. I pray all fear go right now in Jesus' name. All anxiety and stress. Lord, we cast the whole of our care upon you because you care for us. We don't walk out of here with the same burden that we walked in on. 
God, I thank you for faith. I thank you for peace. I thank you for joy even while we wait because we wait expectantly. I thank you that you are faithful. May all these testimonies point back to the goodness of God. May all these testimonies point back to the reality of Jesus in our lives. We give you thanks. We give you praise in Jesus' name. If you agree with that, church, would you just celebrate it? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Let me do this. If you would just pause and not leave for the next three minutes and give people an opportunity, I want to give you a chance, an opportunity to give your heart to the Lord this morning. The Bible tells us that all of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, which means every one of us needs a Savior. The Bible says that the wages, penalty of our sin is death, which is separation from God and even hell. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ the Lord. The Bible even tells us how. It says, all who will call on the name of the Lord will be saved. And so I want to give you an opportunity today to call on the name of the Lord Jesus to save you. You say, Pastor Kevin, I don't remember a time in my life that I have ever asked Jesus Christ to be my Lord and Savior. Well, let's do that today. Or you may say, you know, I used to have a relationship with him, but you know, if I'm honest, I've walked away. I've grown cold and I would like to recommit, re-begin my journey with God. If that's you today, we'd love to pray with you too. So here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna have everyone bow your heads and close your eyes. Go ahead and do that. Give people some privacy. And I'm gonna count to three. And when I say three, if you want to commit your heart for the first time or make a fresh commitment, just put your hand up in the air and we'll pray for you right out of your seat. And that hand in the air is just a surrender. It's like an acknowledgement to say, Lord, this is my surrender. I wanna give you my life for the first time or to recommit my life to you. So on the count of three, just simply raise your hand and we'll pray for you right there. Ready? One, two, three. If that's you, would you put your hand up? There's a hand right there. Two, three. Awesome. Anyone else? Put your hand up. Put your hand up. Put it up. Put it up. Four over there. Awesome. I see you in the back. Thank you. Four. Anyone else? Praise God. Awesome. All right, church. And even if I didn't see your five, I see you in the back there. Even if I didn't see your hand, the Lord sees it. Would you all pray with me so no one's praying by themselves? Let's pray this prayer together. And again, this is between you and the Lord, but as you pray it with all your heart, just give your life to him. Let's pray. Dear God, I thank you that you see me just as I am. I realize I've sinned and I've walked away from you. I receive Jesus Christ today as my Lord and Savior. I believe that he died for me that he rose again. Please forgive me of my sin. Wash me. Cleanse me. Make me new. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Take every part of me now. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you celebrate those that gave their lives to the Lord? Amen. We hope you have been blessed by the ministry of Calvary Orlando. We invite you to join us in person for our Sunday morning worship experience every Sunday at 10 a.m. To find out more about Calvary, please visit our website at calvaryorlando.org. There you can find our latest events and ministry opportunities. Thanks for listening and God bless.